Hey everyone, and welcome again to the podcast and, and to this episode. We've uh, got another great session lined up for you to listen to. And as we talk to Rob, Rod Charlton and Rob Pluke, both experienced in this field of um, parenting, of child and families, but especially Rod is experienced in, uh, in performance and athletes and his own parenting. And then from next week, we will move on to a new series, but a very, very linked series uh, where Rob is going to be talking to us about what to do when you have one child that really struggles and one child that does really well. And how do you interact with the two of them as siblings? Maybe there's some fear around praising the one doing really well when the other one is really struggling what do we do in those situations? So I'm really looking forward to hearing what Rob has to say about that. And uh, I hope it's going to be useful. And then to say it's been great to see and hear all the, the, the feedback from these last sessions. It's the most we've ever had people listening in to the podcast. There's been real interest. And it's really great to hear the feedback that uh, people are finding it useful and interesting. That's the purpose was to, to see if we could help people, um, help me included. Uh, it's been a journey for me and it continues to be a journey of discovery and learning and trying to get a little bit better uh, each week, each month, each year as a dad, um, but also as a human. So today's episode starts with uh, me, I suppose, asking a question and, and Rod talking into that question and Rob Pluke adding, adding his bit to it as well. So the question that I ask uh, is a bit cut off. And so really what it is around is, is the way that uh, in many cases, parents, uh, certainly teenage children and even younger children feel pressure uh, to keep up with their peers or to keep up with the community that's around them and, and the extra lessons or the extra uh, practices or the, or whatever it is, because maybe, you know, your children or, why I'm falling behind. And so I wanted to hear what Rod had to say about that. I hope you enjoy it. There's such pressure today. Oh, I, the other one's going to be getting ahead of me because I'm, I'm resting. <laughs> yeah, and we feel comfort in the uh, a crowd. If they're doing it, then surely that must be a reason we need to be doing it. But if we just take a step back, what we need to think about is that, and probably what we're wanting, we want that person to be really, really ultra successful, you know, in some ways, or different, if that is, that's what we were hoping, that they become really, really good at that task. And really, really good means they are of the bell curve, they in an unusual place, because there are only a few people really become very, very good. So in order to be in that unusual place, perhaps maybe we should be doing unusual things along the way. So as adults, I think, take pride when you're going against the norm, absolutely take pride because the majority of those kids who are waking up and doing the early and doing the extra lessons and going on it, they're going to turn out to be maybe good average. Yeah, and that's also okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But excellence lies at the margins. It lies on the outskirts it, by definition. It's something that differentiates. And perhaps the way to get there is to do it differently and have the faith to doing it. Though it's damn hard. 
I've I've actually, and thank goodness I've got good friends along the uh, way who've actually helped me, you know, just say, thank goodness your children are different. You know, it seems that they don't fit in and all of those sort of things. I've had wonderful, wise, sage advice to say, man, you're lucky your children are different. Because, you know, this world, if we look at the values and what it is and what's happening out there, a lot of it's not good. A lot of it's just repeating the same mistakes and getting into this materialism and getting into this ego, I'm only as good as my result or the clothes I wear or, you know, the status and that sort of thing. And it's that's not a recipe for happiness and enjoyment and success in life later on. I don't know if that talks to your point. It, it absolutely does. And I, I would like to take that a little bit further and just say the work that I do in, in, in the nonprofit world, in the development world, I often think about how does it relate to my parenting, to my community, I exist in to this, you know, this country, this world. It isn't so much of, of that sort of toxic approach. It doesn't actually build community. It doesn't actually build society. It actually breaks breaks it apart and makes it individualistic and focused mm. on, on, on the individual rather than on all of us and who mm. we all are becoming and who we all are meant to become as well. And, and maybe I could just mention one story and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I was having a conversation with a, a, a guy that actually was um, selling me some sports equipment. He's got this kind of, this, this attitude of win at all costs and, and, and so forth. And there's no doubt that his success was related to his absolute determination to win at all costs. But it also came with um, certain aspects that that were really not nice. His comment to me, this 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 guy I was talking to, said to me, you know, but I just, I don't think I don't think nice people ever win, <laughs> all right? And I I said to him, well well I mean I do think that I think someone like Gary Kirsten, you know Andrew Hudson. Uh, you know, are people that actually are incredible human beings who care more. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, right? And a part of it is comes out of the way that uh, we are schooled and educated. We are educated mainly using our bias towards our left part of our brain, which is very linear, rule bound, and systematic. And it's it's been very very helpful. It really has. The trouble with that part of our brain, it doesn't take things in context. It doesn't see things over time. For me, I've actually developed a rule that the people that I work with, both when I'm working with organizations and board people or CEOs on their own, success, though sustainable success. I, it's relatively easy to be successful in the short term meaning you just work much harder than others, steamroller overhead, and you being, can be bombastic to do it. What's going to happen is, if you've got it that way, it's going to be much harder to sustain. So for me, it's about sustainable success. Now, those are very, very, very different. Do you want to be successful for three years? What happens if you could have been successful for 15? And that's a difference. And the only way I know, and the evidence and the science and the data supports us, is to Get support, do it with support. So much energy goes against fighting coaches. I mean, how crazy is that? Your coach is there to help you get the best out of you. And you, and then you land up antagonizing your coach 
along the way and, you know, blaming stuff on, on others instead of looking at yourself. And it's to bring people with you. You're always going to be more successful if you don't have to fight along the way and waste energy in there because the coach has got really, I think the technical term is called pissed off with him, felt disrespected. Well, then I'm not going to help you. So cheers. You cannot continue to win matches and, and World Cups away along if your teammates don't also uh, play well. Your job is to bring out the best in them, not to moan at them when they've dropped a catch. It just doesn't make sense to me in any single way. But I will say, uh, Rod, and fascinating stuff, I think it's worth, worth it for us as parents to see a combination of kindness and competitiveness is being a kind of a high watermark to aim for. I sometimes think competitiveness and kindness are, are opposites. It's very difficult to have them in the same space. And I think the key for me uh, as parents would be consistently along the way, helping our kids have a healthy sense of self and a healthy sense of other. So that as you go into competitive spaces, neither yourself nor the other is diminished through the process, win or lose. Neither I nor the other becomes, if you like, a mm. loser. Mm. Now, I do put this as a high watermark because I think it's quite, a, quite an accomplishment for us as parents, bearing in mind, as you rightly say, Rod, that we're in a very competitive environment worldwide. It's a high watermark to help our kids have that healthy self other kind of uh, internal compass or setting as they go into competitive, competitive spaces. Mm -hmm. And it's no small accomplishment mm -hmm. to help our kids to stay kind mm -hmm. to themselves and to the opponent in competitive spaces. I don't know how that sounds. Mm -hmm. I love it, Rob. I love it. For me, the opposites, we need opposites in this world because there's a lovely, that tension then is the area where we need to be playing into and the two feed each other. And I love the tennis circuit. If you watch the professional tennis circuit, on the most part, there's especially amongst the, the big four, Federer, Dal, Djokovic, there's a deep respect. One, they know that the next tournament, the other guy's probably going to be there. There, there is this appreciation for uh, for this person. And you need that competitor to bring out the best in you. If that competitor uh, doesn't play well, you're not going to know just how good you are. And it forces you to go back to the drawing board when you get your bottom thoroughly uh, uh, kicked, you know, around to say, okay, maybe I'm not as good as I am. And that's, I need my competitor to be at the very best. It's a wonderful dynamic. Plus the fact that you as a competitor, you know, being competitive, you're not doing your opponent any favors by going easy on that person because they're having a bad hair day or they just not up to scratch because they don't realize then what they need to do, they, that they are so far off the pace. You, It's a compliment that you do your very best. And then you meet them and greet them afterwards. And I think the rugby still got that uh, to a certain degree. But, you know, it's been lost around with professional sports. You know, they used to, you know, this idea of going and having a beer afterwards with that person. 
the two go hand in hand and you don't have to favor the one. And I think kindness, a lot of the world sees it as kindness as being a weakness. No, no, kindness comes from a position of deep strength, deep courage, deep respect. You know, Rod, you remind me of an old boys group that I was, I've been a part of. And looking back, a lot of the guys, one of the guys made the comment, I don't think we were our best selves back then. And the answer to that, I think, lies in the fact that we were under stress, under pressure, in a space where performance did matter a lot. And status or mattering mm. wasn't easy to come by. You had to, you had to look sharp to matter in that space. And the point being that it didn't bring out good stuff in us. It didn't bring out kindness in us. And I think this is the thing to say to us as parents to help our kids as they go into competitive spaces to take up a healthy attitude again to ourselves and to realize other people and value other people, even as we go about trying to do our best. I know that for myself and for the others, largely we weren't our best, but we also weren't we weren't guided. I don't blame adults. It's just that in that space, it was um, unspoken. And I think as young people, we could have done with some mm. mentors, some guides to say, listen, you're being a twit. Take a deep breath. Focus on this. Don't forget that you're, you know, you're, the person next to you has got a beating heart, uh, breathes the same air as you and the humanity of the other. It would have helped us a lot, I think. Very much so. So that brings us to the end of our final episode in a series on uh, performance, specifically around sport, but it relates to everything. And this episode made me, made me remember how intoxicating it is for your children to do well at something and how I can and I have got myself far too wrapped up in that feeling of, of, of intoxication and wanting you know, to help my child out of love, uh, to do even better and to keep performing well. And, and that actually, oft times, that can put that pressure on that, that Rob Pluk was talking about there. And it can, it can put pressure on that leads to bad stuff. Even sometimes stuff that we're not even aware that we are projecting uh, on our children. And so it was a real reminder uh, to me, a refresher, that I need to be very aware of what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, and what, what, is, what is real success, because there's better values than the imposter of performance-based approach to, to parenting. Anyway, that's my thoughts. I hope you found something useful there that you can take away and you can use uh, in your parenting, and that we can all keep growing together. Thanks for listening.